the whole no one comes to the Father but through me, to me, what that means is no one is even, po- it's, there's not even a possibility for anyone to experience infinity after this outside of the fact that I did this. I the, This path is the one that paved the way for everyone else to be able to do it. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Raw and Unfiltered. I'm your host, Michael Howell. Welcome back for episode two of Conversations with Emily and Michael. Before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to take a few minutes to share a couple things with you guys. It has been a big two weeks. There have been so many encouraging messages and answers to the Q&A. Emily and I have both been really, really uplifted, and we just want to say thank you. There have been 36 votes on the poll. The question was, do you like this style of podcasting? We got 100% yes, so that feels really good too. We're going to continue this direction and see what it does for us. I spent a lot of time this week going back over episode one. I got chapters added. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd love your feedback. It's a lot of chapters, but we covered a lot, and I wanted that information to be available for you guys to quickly navigate. We also launched on an additional 10 streaming platforms. So outside of Spotify, you can also find Raw and Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, just to name a few. I'll link the rest of them in the description for this episode. So far, we have had 182 plays of episode one. Most of our audience is in the U.S., but we had some listeners in Iceland and Croatia, which I found really interesting. 39 followers so far, and I know we've gotten some five-star ratings. I don't think there's enough for Spotify to show it yet, so keep leaving them. I'm excited to see that show up. We also launched Raw for unfiltered on social media so the handle that you'll see both on spotify and on all social media platforms is raw the number four unfiltered so you can find us on facebook instagram youtube tiktok twitter and linktree so more links for those in the description the only one right now i'm actively posting on is facebook but come check it out i'm i'm trying this curated content thing And uh, it's going pretty good so far. Let's get into this week's episode. Again, this is episode two of Conversations with Emily and Michael. This recording started, again, without me knowing. I did figure it out, I think about halfway through. I realized that Emily was recording. Um, It's a really important topic to me. It touches on some of the core parts of my childhood and upbringing as being someone who was raised here in the South in a conservative Christian environment. Um, I, I w- definitely want to talk about this more on future episodes, but this one felt really fitting for the series that we're starting this podcast with. Uh, the conversation starts while talking about the innate conscience that is built into all of us. So, enjoy. We know. 
we have the answer. You know, even as a fucking three-year-old kid, if you're supposed to walk over there and do it or not. Mm-hmm. We're choosing actively every single time whether you're going to listen to it or whether you're going to do what you want to do. And that is that is what it comes down to. Now, the issue for me with that is then this consciousness, this thing, this this conscious, this thing that we're given that tells us when we're making the right decision or the wrong decision. How much of that is innate in us being humanity and how much of that is created or structured based on the environment that you're in or that you're being raised in? Um, yeah, classic I, nature versus nurture. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you're raised in in a in, in in a culture where, you know, if someone steals, then they're you know, like the the punishment is murder. Like they're going to kill this person for stealing, and that's the normality. And so you're raised that way, and so. And there's nothing in you that goes against that. Because like, oh, that's just how it's supposed to be. Is that pos? Is that even possible? You know, like, can can your environment affect that conscious that you're given and alter it? And now, absolutely. Now that interior guidance that you're receiving, right. you can't rely on or lean on. Which, and that's a lot of what the scriptures talk about is for people who are in that place of. They're in, they're not in a good place in life. They haven't made the right decisions, like you were talking about. They're they've they've listened to the wrong voice inside their head, and it's brought them to where they are now. Right. And so then, yes, there is a place of look. I got to release and let this go, and just be open and listen and receive and tell me what to do. And please, God, help me. Yeah. But for someone who's in tune and is in the place they need to be in, they can they can already feel that that. That, I think, is what Paul is talking about by saying always continuously be in prayer and stuff where he used. Supplication. <laughs> Meditation, I think. He says supplication. Supplication. Which is, which is um, it would be interesting. To I think it was maybe a more means, new English but... translation said prayer and meditation on the word. Right. Yeah. Supplication is like King James. But, and I was like, that never made sense to me. Because I was like, you can't just like always be walking around like praying like in this place. Like, mm-hmm. oh, does that work? <laughs> And you can. Yeah, actually. Can. It's about always being tapped in, always being listening, always being open mm-hmm. so you see, and always being exactly right here where you are right now. You're open to source and you're tuned exactly. in to the fact that exactly. what what we learn in the context of the Holy Spirit, right? To mirror the term Christ consciousness. Christ before. consciousness. I love that That's so much. That's my favorite. I love it so much. My mentor, Suzanne Geisman, that has literally altered the course and brought me to where I'm at that is what she talks a lot about is that Christ consciousness that is it is an entity mm-hmm. and it is it's something we can access right. right in all of us and other people might call it intuition right or you know source energy I think it an intuition is a one that for me really resonates with Christ consciousness but it's a little more personal to say intuition because that can be like what is right for you whereas christ consciousness the way that just embodies a higher perspective this is just like my own personal perspective on like like how this works what was christ's role like what did he do what does dying for all of our sins mean (laughs) like how did that work 
And whenever the world was created and humanity was put into motion, I think there was a very specific initially plan or idea of what that evolution process would look like. And it didn't go that way at all from right out the gate. You know, things started derailing. The AI was, it was self-aware. <laughs> it became self-aware and it started making its own decisions. And you had built this perfect little nest and home for it to grow up in and it fucked everything up. And now it's outside and it's just doing its own thing. And you kind of got to sit back and watch now and let it go. You can't stand over it and control it. Um, and, but you still, you need the program to complete. You need to run, you need the simulation to run correctly one fucking time. That's all you need. It just has to complete successfully once. Every single iteration of consciousness coming in is another attempt at this. Right. Yes. To, to yes. complete. Okay. And it well. wasn't until Christ, whenever he came and lived a fully pure life, and the con, you know, you can debate like how much of, you know, who Christ was, like what does the Son of God do? even mean you know is this actually because if we're all sourced if is it non-duality one person is it is that what you're saying like is it only one I'm, entity i'm saying that human being? that rendering of consciousness christ's rendering of consciousness was the one we're all the same we're all connected there is no difference we're just experiencing life in these yes. different bodies in different places his is which is us is the one that was the lifetime. That was whenever it went all the way through, and it is complete. Oh, we did it, guys. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever the fuck you want now. It's paid for. It's taken care of. The process completed. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to know the story. The whole no one comes to the Father but through me, to me, what that means is no one is even – there's not even a possibility for anyone to experience infinity after this outside of the fact that I did this. I that this path is the one that paved the way for everyone else to be able to do it. The church teaches it in the way that you have to walk away from the world and drop everything else and like totally like flip your life on its head in the way. And like you you have to have these rules that fall in your life and no, I think what that is is when you become aware of that, when you become of that love and the way this world is truly meant to operate and when you because when you do take the good things that that resonate with a lot of Christians about humanity of, well, if someone has loved me this much, how can I not have that love for others? When you take all the love aspects that Christianity teaches, that is all the beautiful parts that are accurate. When you take in all the legalistic stuff, which is the Old Testament, the pre-Christ stuff, which so many people are still holding on to to this day, that's where all the issues come in. And that, that I think is the, that's the concept that makes the most sense to me in terms of what, how does that play in? What, what role does Christianity or Christ, how does that play into the rest of what's going on for the people who don't follow Christianity, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because otherwise whatever that was that happened is in the context of humanity and eternity affecting a very, very small sect of people. And that is not the work that he came to do. Right. He paid for all sins previous and future for the, that, that process just, it had to go through one time. 
program complete with no errors. Yeah. The simulation completed once correctly. Yeah. All right, guys, we're good now. The veil tore. And then what happened was that Christ consciousness, that ability for all of humanity to tap in and reach that higher level, not just not just these very few select Mm -hmm. versions of there was there was just a few renderings that had the ability to really tap in and they had to take that ability and help everybody else and after christ it wasn't like that anymore now Mm -hmm. everyone had the ability to become aware Mm -hmm. that's that's how i like to think so how would you and that's what i want to talk about so i don't i haven't heard anybody else talk about that man i i want us to visit a few things as just like a little pin i want to put like a pin in that before i ask you a question I want to visit Suzanne Giesman and I want to bring in, like, I want you to listen to some of the things she has to say. I'll, I'll send you a few specific videos and I might even just say, go through here and see what stands out to you. But there's one specifically where she channels. So she's a channel. She was in the U.S. Army. She had no spiritual background. Tragic event happened and she started questioning. And the same fervor that she put into, like, you know, that type A personality of the military and like you must evidence right very evidence-based she has brought into her journey and taught herself to tap in and to to um what would you call act like access consciousness and so she will tune in to her higher power she has like a team of angels that she calls sanaya and but she's so grounded in everything she asks for as evidence and in one of her live Um, she's been traveling the world and, you know, speaking, I saw her in St. Pete, Florida, but one of her sessions, she channeled Christ consciousness, Jesus, Yahweh channeled that energy and literally says, Jesus speaks through me. Hey guys, Emily here. I just wanted to pop on and give a little more context on Suzanne Giesman who, as I said, is a retired U.S. Navy commander, now spiritual teacher, evidential medium, and creator and author of Messages of Hope podcast, which guides others to the certainty that love never dies and that we are all part of a multidimensional universe. Link for her podcast in the show notes. She also leads amazing online workshops, classes, and free teachings about how to connect with higher consciousness inspiration on the afterlife, and understanding of the greater reality. You can check her website out for these free offerings. And of course, we will include the link for the video where she channels Christ consciousness. It's so powerful. Go check it out. She has been absolutely revolutionary in my spiritual journey, and I hope that she is able to impact you as well. Now back to the podcast. She channeled Christ consciousness, Jesus, Yahweh, channeled that energy and literally says, Jesus speaks through me. And it sounds so wild, but when you listen to it, just see how it resonates with you. Prophets. What were the prophets? And they were channelers. They were tapping into that energy. And it is. They were bringing that communication down and they were. It's so beautiful, Michael, what the messages she brings through. And you can tell her she speaks differently when she's channeling like an, an, a different energy. Um, and just the literally it, I, I can only imagine being there and feeling what that felt like 
for her to be speaking through that energy of Christ consciousness, it would have truly been what the the disciples of Jesus and the people of Jesus felt is like he was delivering a sermon on the mount. This grounded, sweet, lighthearted, simple, a little bit humorous at times, but challenging people's mindset, opening up their mindset from what they keep thinking is right and wrong. And the consistent thread through the entire thing. Love. <laughs> Love. <laughs> that. Yeah. Which I was going to ask you, what would you even say? For people that are like, what, it, like, can't wrap their head around Christ consciousness. Like, what are they talking about? What is all this, you know, that's just like lost basically in what we're saying right now? How would you define what is Christ consciousness? That, that I think is the consistent part of most people's testimonies that you hear about is the moment for them when they came to Christ, when they had that awakening, when they realized. It was becoming aware of his love, that they were loved. And for me, personally, my experience, that that was the breakthrough for me was, you know, I mean, I had been born and raised in the church. I was a good kid. You know, I didn't have a lot physically in my life that would change. Um, but I still had something in my spirit that made me feel that I wasn't saved. I wasn't in that place of confidence of what will happen to me after this lifetime is over. Where am I going? Who, like, what, like, what's, what, what is it? What's going on? And it was on a mission trip in Mexico um, during a song that I'd heard and played and sung dozens of times before. And the lyrics that night just spoke to me in a way that I had never heard them before. The song was talking about um, break these chains, roll this this boulder away, take this weight away, um, giving that to Christ. And I had been in a place of really starting to be tormented by this this unrest, this unease, this not knowing. It's like, I'm asking, but I'm not feeling that I'm receiving, you know? Asking you shall receive. But it also doesn't mean that, like, overnight your life changes and you just, like... But most, man, both of my parents' testimonies were that. My dad had an overnight experience. He woke up the next morning and was a completely different person. My mom had the exact same thing of just being in one incredibly dark place, going to sleep in a dark place, waking up in a different place in their lives moving forward in a, in a direction that was 180 degrees opposite of wherever it had been going. Mm -hmm. And that can't happen for me as a 15-year-old kid raised in the church. Like, mm -hmm. how do I feel this? And that night, I just, I got to a point where I was, and it wasn't in these words because I was a kid and I didn't cuss, but I was like, I, I don't fucking care. I don't care where I end up or where I go, or what any of this is, I can't figure out, and it doesn't matter. I know one thing, and that is I am so grateful to be alive, to be here, to be given the opportunity to have this experience. I know that I love my creator, my God, 
and I just want to love him and be loved. And that's all that matters. And, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I just, that's what was happening. But then after that, in the months that followed, I felt that difference and I had people in my life speak to it and my parents and leaders of church, friends, and they're like, something's changed. You're not responding in anger, frustration like you had before. You have a different spirit, you have a different tone. Something's different. And there was really confirming for me I needed that. Um, to know that that experience was real and not just something that you're feeling in the moment. So many people's yeah. testimonies are bad. It's just like they had that really strong feeling right. in the moment. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that was it. But it doesn't last. It doesn't carry on. and It doesn't have an impact in their life. That did. That was the first time that I began to awaken. That's carried into the rest of my life. What changed my perspective on that is the fact that I've had experiences even more powerful than that since then, completely without the context of Christ or the church in it. And so then what is a testimony? What is coming to Christ? It's becoming awake. It's starting to become awake. I think you can go deeper than what the church teaches and the way the church talks about it. They, They just, they take it to a certain level and then it's like, this is what you need, you know, just stay right here. the only context they have. I always think of that like new wine and old wineskins yeah. analogy, right? Like you can only get so far. You can only get so much, so much wine in an old skin that's not willing to be stretched. And that's a lot of like my journey with I felt like I, I got to a certain point, like the church and the specific church community, I guess you could say, of that flavor of Christianity could only get me so far and then there was still more I could feel it and like it just wasn't able to take me there but basically like what you're saying Christ consciousness is is so beautiful it's an awareness of love just the awareness that we are so loved the awareness of the immense power of that energy of love to love and be loved and how that just kind of truly that is the most powerful energy of all it washes over everything else and washes through everything else it's the point of this existence yeah it is the reason for the 3d reality because in a place of perfection of balance where love is at its fullest vibration and its highest capacity is actually not the place where you can experience it in the realest way. Because if everything is love and that is the baseline and that is, that is, it's beautiful. But like we were saying the other day, there's no context, there's no texture. Is it more beautiful to be loved whenever that's the only thing that can be experienced is perfect love or is it more beautiful to be loved in a place where you know that's there's a lot of other ways there's darkness but you still experience this love you still choose love you still choose it you choose love and that's the true beauty of it yeah 
And that's why it's a choice that we all make in every moment. And there is not a single situation, for me anyways, that if I'm in a place of, if if I'm in a not-self theme where love doesn't melt that away. Yeah. I mean, anything, road range and traffic, think about that being your grandma that you love, your wife that you love. Like we said the other day. Oh, that's Emily. <laughs> hey, Michael here. Just wanted to add some information for you. So what Emily is referring to uh, is something that had happened a couple weeks prior. We actually, I think it was the weekend that we recorded the first episode. We were leaving town and uh, we'd gotten some coffee on our way out of town. And when we left, we had parked in different areas. So we said goodbye and kind of walked apart and then each got in our cars and drove off. Well, after I pulled out of the parking lot, I was going, uh, taking my route, following my directions. And I pulled up to a stop sign. There was a car in front of me and they stopped at the stop sign and they sat there for just a little bit too long, you know? And I was like, man, what is going on? What is this person doing? They just need to go. And then all of a sudden, I looked a little harder at the type of car, and I was like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's Emily. (laughs) And it just hit me in that moment how quickly those feelings can change of anger or frustration, displacing this some external person or thing and whenever you bring the context of love in this is someone that you love just changes everything so that's the story that she was referring to I thought that'd be helpful for you guys I mean anything road range and traffic think about that being your grandma that you love your wife that you love like we said the other day oh that's Emily (laughs) your kid that you're frustrated with well your job at work and that's for your job that's the shift we can shift into that Christ consciousness we can any perspective we can have the human perspective like we've been talking about that duality that we talked about yesterday we get to choose are we going to be in you know, and just look at it from that perspective of the crisis, the tragedy, the pain, the hurt, the anger, the, you know, right. what happened to me. That is what the we, suffering is beautiful. Do we shift into the higher perspective, Christ consciousness, the greater perspective? Oh, what is this teaching us? What opportunity does this give me? Like we were saying, to choose. How do I choose to respond in this moment? How can I see this person? Not through my human lens, but how can I see them through a lens of love? How can I see myself through a lens of love? Yeah. (laughs) Just ties it all together. And it's the most powerful one out there. It can overcome everything else. 
And I think we've talked about this before. There was a study they did where people, um, there is a city that had really high crime. So they brought people in in different parts of the city that were coordinated at a certain time every Tuesday at 8 p.m. that all pray and meditate and send positive vibes and energy out for the city. And over the course of the uh, time that the um, they were doing this, I can't remember how much it dropped, but it was a lot. It was significant in terms of data. I want to say like 10 to 15 percent or something it may have been more than that i might be conservative i have to find that but um compare the number of people that were doing this in comparison to the population of the city um i think came down to like one in a million hey last time i promise i just wanted to clarify the study that I was referring to here, the information that I just said was not correct. So I wanted to provide that to you. There will also be a link in the description that will take you to uh, the reference where I'm getting this information from. The program is called the Transcendental Meditation Program. It looks like there have been several iterations of it over the years. The one that I'm looking at now was done in 1993. This was in Washington, D.C., and the group of the meditation, the meditation group was 4,000 individuals. At this point in time, the population of Washington, D.C. was about 584,000. So it was about 7% of the population that was in that meditation group. The maximum decrease of the crime rates that was noticed while the group was performing the meditations was 23% which is pretty significant. The statistical probability that this could just be a chance variation was less than 2 in 1 billion. So it's highly unlikely that this just randomly happened. The long-term effect that was calculated as a result of these programs was 48% in the District of Columbia. So some pretty significant changes across an entire city by a small, relatively small group of individuals coming together on a regular basis and putting good, positive vibrations out into the world and into their city. So you do matter. Even as one person, you make a difference. The number of people that were doing this in comparison to the population of the city um, I think came down to like one in a million. Like the numbers are so low. People think, you know, I'm just one person. I can't make an impact. What can I do? No. When you act in love, when you speak in love, when you respond in love, in the quiet, in the dark where no one else sees it, and it's just you, but you're still choosing to be in love. Mm -hmm. That literally affects the entire world. Mm -hmm. It affects it more. Because mm -hmm. if you're in a place where people can see you, and the Bible talks about this too, mm -hmm. don't, when you give to someone on the street, look around and make sure nobody's watching, and then give it to them. 
when you pray to your God, don't do it out in public. Go in your closet and close the door and make sure no one sees you. And it's because if you're in a place of privacy and quiet and you're still making the right decisions, you're still in the right place. You know you're not doing it for any reason other than that's what you're supposed to do. You're not performing. It's not because it's the right thing or because that's what you should do. That is truly responding in love. Which goes back to what we were saying in the very beginning with being tuned in and connected to your own self and tuned in and connected to that source where you can tap into that like from within yourself <laughs> and it it does it when you have that change within yourself it permeates everything else when you can fa- when you can find that on your own it's going to change how you look at other people. It's going to change how you look at situations. And we go out into the world when you're interacting with people, you've shifted into a higher state of vibration, right? It is a different vibration. Love is the most, when they talk about like waves, right? There's like denser waves, there's higher energy waves. Like that'd be so beautiful to like pull in some of those studies where they they like show the visual difference of emotions and what they look like. And I feel like love is just the most expansive and beautiful and free flowing of all of them. And it does, it makes a difference in how you live and at every interaction. It heals people. Christ was a healer. All he had to do was touch her. And she was healed. Mm-hmm. Now, love is that powerful, is that strong. It was that strong that she didn't even have to touch her. She just had to touch his jacket. <laughs> his vibration was that strong. I can't even, like, we, we, we hear this stuff and we think about it in such a different vein, in a different context in the real world. But think about it today. There's some massive celebrity that's blowing up just some guy from nowhere speaking his truth like nobody has ever heard before. Everywhere he goes, people just flock and to come see him. And you're in the crowd and just happen to get close enough to this guy that you can grab onto his jacket for a minute and you have an illness that has plagued you for your entire life that immediately vanishes. What? And I feel like as just as a real life representation of that is as you're saying when we on our own and within ourselves and behind closed doors when it's just us like when we can find that that love higher perspective and we and then we go and interact with our kids with our coworkers with our significant others I almost feel like that is an example of that same energy and a ripple effect. Because think about when someone interacts with you from a place of love or when you can feel that energy. You could, there's just some people, right? When you're around them. If we really pay attention to how we feel around another person and what their energy does for us, right? You can tell when someone's in a stressed out state or, you know, you're gut response will tell you certain things about someone right 
where you like maybe you tighten up or it's just like your immediate response to oof I'm gonna avoid that situation right versus when someone is their energy is nourishing to be around the way that they talk to you the way that they interact the way that they see the world that affects literally affects everyone we interact with right and it can change their day it can go from them being in a shitty place to like even just a few things that that change their perspective and then how they go and then interact when they go home with their significant others with their kids right it is this ripple effect that happens He's so beautiful. I feel like that uh, a minute ago, like, all, I, I feel like we need to, like, turn that song on. I don't know who it's by. I believe love is the answer. I believe you know love will find a way. <laughs> I believe me. Love is the answer. I believe love will find a way. Love will find a way. It's just, just a love planet. It's a planet of love. And, yeah. Planet of love. Let's choose love. Body love. That concludes episode two of Conversations with Emily and Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know the audio got a little weird at the end there, whenever Emily started singing, but it was super cute, so I decided to leave it in. This week's question is. What is your opinion on my view of no one comes to the Father but through me? Let me know your thoughts in the Q&A section on this episode. Also, this episode's poll is what link podcast episodes do you personally prefer? I'd love to hear your answer on that. I want to make sure I'm creating episodes that uh, have good depth and body to them, but that are also consumable. If you liked what you've heard today and on previous episodes, please follow, hit the bell, and leave me five stars. It really means a lot. I would love to hear from you as my listeners. You'll find a link at the very bottom of the episode description where you can send a voice note into the show. Uh, Let us know your thoughts, and you might hear yourself on a future episode. Thanks for being here, and until next time, Go forth and be great.